This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. Getting ready for the Islanders. Zidane Chara back at practice, but Justin Schultz is not. And it was a tough night on the out-of-town scoreboard last night. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, April 21st. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Ben, it was a mixed bag of news from practice yesterday at MedStar Capital's Iceplex. The good news first, Zdeno Chara returning to the ice for practice after missing the game on Sunday in Boston. But Justin Schultz, who left that Boston game in the first period, still outlisted his day-to-day with a lower body injury, so the Capitals still not completely healed on defense as they have another day at practice today. Yeah, first off, the encouraging news with the return of Zdeno Chara. Again, we referenced over the weekend that for him to miss a game in Boston, we figured whatever was ailing him must have really been bothering him. You figure he would have been amped up and ready to get back at Boston again, even though he had already made his return to TD Garden. Certainly still a game he was motivated for. That being said, even with a couple of days of practice, for Chara to be back on day one of these two full days of practice. That's an encouraging sign. Peter Laviolette acknowledged as much as he met with the media over Zoom. So good to see the Big Z back. He was back in his familiar pair with Nick Jensen. That being said, yes, no Justin Schultz with Trevor Van Riemsdyk skating alongside Brendan Dillon on that second pair at practice yesterday. So if Schultz is to miss some time, that would be a key cog missing, of course, from the defensive core. Schultz has shown himself very well this season, activating, be able to contribute offensively, hasn't looked you know, out of place defensively as well. He's been a solid, solid addition this year as Justin Schultz, and fortunate that he's, he's missing some time here, missed practice yesterday, see what his status is today. But certainly uh, with the Islanders ahead, that would be a, a big piece of the defensive core to, to potentially be without. Hayes, that one's in Chara, and the big man fell like a tree. Very uncomfortable. Zdeno Chara is just going to plant himself in front of the goal. He can barely move. Loose puck batted out of the air by Chara. Konechny blocked again. Guess who hit it? It was off of Chara. He stung again. He can't even pivot, Judd. What a warrior. The big man was hit three times in the last 80 seconds of the period. Warrior, warrior, and warrior again for number 33. And you wonder why everybody talks about him being that type of player. Yeah, late in the second period, Zdeno Chara banged up in that flyer game and then gone for Sunday. But the hope would be that he would be able to play on Thursday. And if he does, Ben, he is bearing down on 1,600 games in the National Hockey League. The next time that he plays will be 1,599. He has a chance to get to 1,600 against the team that brought him into the National Hockey League on Saturday. Yeah, 1,600 games Chara approaching. And let's keep in mind, too, these are not uh, these are not quiet minutes and quiet games that Zdeno Chara plays. There's a lot of bumps and bruises he's accumulated over the course of his career. That, that's a rough style of game, especially early on in his career that he's played uh, throughout his career. A lot of net front battles, a lot of big minutes and big games, especially during his times with the Ottawa Senators and Boston Bruins. So an admirable uh, achievement that he's uh, approaching here as far as the milestone marker is concerned. And look at him the other day. We heard the highlight, game number 1598. There he is getting in front of shots and, and hobbled and, and, and shaken up on the ice, you could tell, but gutting through a shift like that. And certainly something that younger teammates, even like a TJ 
Oshie acknowledging the other day, the guys on the bench, they just love seeing that from the 44-year-old Inshara. I, I think the boys were, were going nuts on the bench. I think we were hitting the boards for the rest of the period. And uh, a lot of guys went out there and, and gave them a tap on the uh, behind once the period ended there. So it's, uh, it shows you the commitment level, I think, that, that Z has to, to our team and to winning and to doing what it takes. Here's a guy who I don't know how many years it's been. I know he's coming in on 1,600 games here. He's played in some very important games, and right now we're in a, a game in the, in the, towards the end of the regular season. He's still putting his body on the line. So that's a good example for the rest of the guys and to follow. And it's that time of year where you got to start sacrificing the body, and it's good to see we got guys that are willing to do it. Some other good news. A guy who was overshadowed on trade deadline day and really overshadowed now the way that Anthony Mantha has taken off. But Michael Raffle joining the team for practice for the first time yesterday since the trade last week. Sidelined with an upper body injury before he left Philadelphia for Washington. And although it's still in the non-contact jersey, Ben rotates in on the third line a little bit with Daniel Sprong. So perhaps we see Raffle sometime soon, but maybe not in this series with the Islanders. Yeah, certainly an encouraging sign and inching closer towards a return. But yes, the company line still very much not putting a time frame on it. And both Laviolette and Raffle acknowledging that uh, there's still some updates coming from the trainers and the medical staff, et cetera, before he officially gets the green light to return. But once he does return, looking forward to that forward depth again, a guy who could certainly do a, a lot of those little things. He, he described himself yesterday as he met with the media, Raffle did, as a guy who isn't uh, afraid to do some of those non-flashy things, defensively responsible, et cetera. Coach's dream, it sounds like, in terms of some of those little things that Raffle could bring. And both Laviolette and Raffle himself acknowledging yesterday as well. Good to see him on the ice, his first practice with his new team. I thought he looked good out there today. Still the light blue jersey, so, you know, we're moving cautiously, but I thought he looked good. I thought he moved well. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun out there for sure. For me, it was the first time practicing with them. Uh, I didn't come on the road trip, so it's it's nice to go out there and get to know the boys and, and just be around them, be, feel like you're a part of the team, you know. Uh, it's very exciting news joining a, a winning club with a lot of success recently. They have a good group of veteran players, a lot of star players. Um, it's very exciting times for me, for sure. You know, the timeline, I, I can't say for sure. I can tell you that he's in a light blue jersey today and that I thought he looked really good. So where that, that progresses tomorrow, I've got to get with the trainers, talk to Michael and see where everything's at and see if we're moving forward from there. But I thought he looked good out there. Yeah, and hopefully we get to see him sometime soon here. I mean, more than 500 games in the NHL, versatile, can play at center, play left, play right. Uh, anxious to see with now 10 games to go in the regular season when he's able to get in there and Caps fans and Caps management can see what he's all about. Uh, one other note yesterday from practice, and it's a little bit redundant. We had mentioned it before, but it's nice to continually see him out there. Michael Kempney continued skating, still in a non-contact jersey. Highly doubtful that we would see him in any game action, if at all, but certainly not until at least into May. Uh, but good to see that progression, and certainly as well-liked as he has been in that dressing room, I'm sure they appreciate the fact that he's been able to get out there. Yeah, an encouraging sign as well. Again, he's still sporting that uh, that non-contact baby blue jersey, but this is a, a, a big recovery process he's been through over the past few months, and good to see him back on the ice. And who knows? The top six is spoken for right now when healthy and accountant for, but if you're going to make a deep postseason run, you're going to play into June and July, 
We've seen it before. Name me a Stanley Cup champion who's been able to ride just six defensemen. You're going to be relying on your seventh and eighth and who knows how far down the depth chart. And if Kempney can be healthy and available, golly, that would be uh, quite quite the welcome addition if if needed and, and called upon. So good to see him uh, continuing his road to recovery here. So switching gears and looking outside the beltway, how was that out-of-town scoreboard last night, you ask? Not great, Bob. No, not great, Bob. <laughs> We start in Buffalo, where the Boston Bruins earned a very businesslike effort, 2 nothing win at KeyBank Center. Brad Marchand scored his third goal in two games, turned out to be the game winner. Connor Clifton got his first goal of the season last night in the second period. Sabres got a five-on-three late in the third, couldn't make use of it. Tuka Rask, all he did was beat Washington Sunday, which is something he rarely does. And then he goes out and gets a shutout last night against Buffalo. The beginning, Ben, of a three-game series. The Sabres played hard. The Sabres are still in last place, and the Bruins one-third of the way home through that series, and they did what they had to do last night, and that was get the win. Yeah, we talked about it with Boston, all the games in hand, and all those games, five against the Buffalo Sabres, starting with last night's shutout win at Key Bank Center, an opportunity for Boston to build up some points and collect points and collect wins, take advantage of the last place Sabres. And they started last night with the shutout win at Key Bank Center. So Boston Bruins with that favorable schedule starting to take advantage of it. Not great, Bob. So I'm in Stanford, Connecticut this morning. I was on the call for Boston Buffalo last night and in the car with AJ Malesko coming back to the hotel, looking at our phones and looking at the score of the Pittsburgh, New Jersey game going, wow, Pittsburgh really taking it to them. And then it ends up seven, six, the crazy pants game of the night, definitely in Pittsburgh last night, the Penguins came out and throttled the devils through the first two periods. Jeff Carter scored for Pittsburgh. So did Teddy Bluger. So did a lot of guys. It was 6 nothing Pittsburgh at the end of the second period. So it's over, right? Uh, not so much. The Devils scored six times. The Devils scored six times in the third period in Pittsburgh. No really, kids. They really did. Nico Heeshear at 41 seconds. Igor Sharangovich at 514. Nathan Bastian at 848. Jack Hughes at 12.52. Nolan Foote at 13.56. Andreas Janssen at 19-19. And the only reason, Ben, it doesn't go to overtime is because Sidney Crosby, in the midst of all of that madness, scored one goal in that third and ended up winning at 7-6 for Pittsburgh. What is that all about? <laughs> third period almost collapsed from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Golly, I'm with you, John. I saw the 6-0 score at the second intermission, and I'll be honest, I kind of put that game aside for the evening figured all right it's just a question of by how much are the Pittsburgh Penguins going to win this game two teams heading in opposite directions in the pens and the devils and I guess credit the devils for for clawing their way back it'll be interesting to see those two teams meet again John on uh, Thursday night in Pittsburgh as they continue their series there at PPG Paints Arena I'm wondering what kind of response uh, Pittsburgh has uh, come Thursday night and not only that should they have a lead at the second intermission, how ready will they be for the third period on uh, on Thursday? Because if you, if you thought the Capitals had issues protecting multiple goal leads in third periods, that's, that's a new bar right there. I know they want, but six goals allowed in the third, that, that's just brutal. If only the Devils had made the extra point, they would have been <laughs> fine and on to overtime. Tristan Jari got the win, although I'm sure he's not real pleased he gave up six third-period goals and still ended up with the victory. So Pittsburgh, another not great Bob, as they come up with a win last night. And then finally, the Battle of New York, the Rangers and the Islanders renewing their rivalry last night at Nassau Coliseum. 
Not great, Bob. And it turned out to be a beatdown. Three goals in the third period. The Islanders pull away. They win 6-1. Josh Bailey, two goals to lead the way for the Isles. Brock Nelson, number 16. Jordan Everly, number 15. Simeon Barlamov allows just one goal on 26. And Igor Shesterkin roughed up. Six goals on 28 as the Islanders, Ben, pull even with Washington. The games are even, too. Both with 10 to go. Both with 62 points. It is a dead heat now atop the East Division. And heading into this upcoming three-game series, grab your popcorn. And the New York Islanders, they were due for a game like this as far as the offensive productivity was concerned. They had only scored nine times in their previous seven games. Entering this one against the Rangers, they almost matched that in this game alone with with, with six anyways in the 6-1 blowout win over the Rangers. So um, the Islanders offensively getting it together, at least based off of this game and rounding into shape. They, they had had some on and off again, you could say, over the past little stretch, uh, a little bit of a rough stretch maybe now behind them and just in time to welcome the Capitals to the Nassau Coliseum for the two games there coming up starting uh, tomorrow night. Going to be a challenge, no doubt, for the Caps and now four teams within four points at the top of the Mass Mutual East Division on this Wednesday morning. The Capitals at 62. The Islanders also at 62. The Penguins are one back at 61. Boston with their win against Buffalo last night, now at 58, and still with two games in hand on everybody above them. So a virtual dead heat if they win those games. The Rangers, their playoff hopes took a hit last night. They lose and everybody else wins. So now they are six points off the playoffs in fifth place, and for the Flyers, it is by Felicia. They're gone. 47 points. The time of death was last night. The Flyers are done. At 47 points, they are 11 points out of a playoff spot, Ben. They will be talking about this season in Philadelphia and what went wrong, but we can now call it. This is an election projection. The Philadelphia Flyers will not make the playoffs. We're calling it projecting. We're coloring the map. So that's where it stands. As we... Take off. Uh, thanks for joining us here this morning. Caps and Islanders coming up tomorrow at 7. Coverage starts at 4 o'clock with Caps game day. Ben, have yourself a wonderful Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.